The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to When John the Baptist heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. I speak to you in the name of God, who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The disciples of John the Baptist come to Jesus with a question. Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? In Jesus, John and his disciples think they have found the Savior, the one for whom they have been waiting, but they aren't sure. Jesus does not look like the Savior they were expecting. He has no money to offer them. He has no army to liberate them. He does not even have a pedigree to impress them. Yet he speaks marvelous words, and he does wondrous things. The disciples of John the Baptist long for the coming of the kingdom of God. They thirst for the kingdom of God like someone thirsts for water after days in the desert. Yet they have been disappointed before. And they want to make sure that this Jesus fellow 
is their oasis and not a mirage. John's disciples ask Jesus plainly, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Unlike the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the disciples of John the Baptist do not frame their question as some sort of gotcha game. No, their question is deep and sincere. Are you the one who will save us? Or do we have some more waiting still left to do? Jesus answers their questions, their question with works, not with words. Go and tell John what you hear and see, Jesus says. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf can hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. This is no random list of examples. Jesus' list echoes the list of the prophet Isaiah that we heard in our first reading today. His description of what will happen to this world when God comes to it in the form of a savior. Then, Isaiah says, on that day, the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears, the ears of the deaf unstopped and the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless shall sing for joy. Anyone can say that they have come to bring about the kingdom of God, Jesus seems to imply to John's disciples, but only the Savior can actually do it. Go and tell John what you see and what you hear. He will interpret the signs. The promised kingdom of God is no longer just coming. It has come. Imagine for a moment that you were a disciple of John the Baptist. The age that you live in is a difficult one. There is violence between neighbors and enmity between nations. Your economy enriches the few at the expense of the many. Your civic leaders speak of justice, yet the status quo never seems to change. You have the promise that God's kingdom will come on earth, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but that promise is thousands of years old. And you've started to wonder whether it will ever come to pass. Then into your life comes John the Baptist with the simple message that we heard in last week's gospel reading. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John's call answers a discontentment that lives deep within the hearts of his people. His call speaks to an underlying sense that the world is not what it should be and renews their hope 
that God will make it better. John's call stirs up something in their souls as our collect of the day prayed this morning. And it draws them back to the faith they have always known. Throngs of people heed John's invitation. Throngs of people follow John into the wilderness, repent of their sins, and are washed in the waters of baptism. Throngs of people return to their ancient faith and begin to look expectantly for the kingdom that the prophets told them would one day be theirs. The world we know is not all that different from the world that John knew. We have more than our share of conflict and corruption. And God's promise of a renewed creation is once again thousands of years old. Yet in this Advent season, John once again reminds us of the promises of God. John once again points our hearts towards Jesus, towards the lives that he changed, the truths that he spoke, the people that he healed, and the hope that he proclaimed. There's a profound humility baked into the ministry of John the Baptist, both then and now. Even as the crowds around him grow, and even as his notoriety becomes more and more of a threat to the established powers of his day, John never forgets his role, which is to point people towards Jesus. John never once says, follow me, the words that Jesus will later use to call disciples and transform lives. Instead, John says, wait with me for the coming of the Savior. Hope with me for the renewal of the world. I pray that we will heed John's call this Advent and number ourselves among his modern-day disciples. I pray that we will accept John's invitation to wait with him and hope with him. And I pray that this call will stir something deep within our hearts and point our souls towards Jesus, because he is the one for whom we are waiting. He is the one who will redeem the world. Amen.